Hey, everybody, welcome to Sunday Night Live. And uh, listen, we have a really, really outstanding program for you. Um, We're going to be looking at some long-awaited prophecies that are beginning to be fulfilled. And as we just, listen, I want to remind you, though, as we look at things that are going on in the world, there is great hope that we have. uh, Oops, got to turn my phone down. (laughs) I'm hearing me. (laughs) Um, uh, Listen, you look at everything that's going on, we got to remember we have the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, We're going to be getting there in uh, just a, a few minutes. We're going to be looking specifically at the Jews, Jerusalem, and the Temple Mount uh, with my guest, uh, Don Stewart, from Educating Our World. Don, thank you for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me, Tom. Love always doing it with you. This is, this is going to be, I know it's going to be an outstanding program because I know some of the things that we're going to be talking about. But again, everybody, we have to remember um, we're not, uh, we're, Israel is not going to cease being Israel. Uh, the Jews are not going to be eliminated from the planet, although those are there are many who seem to want that to happen. So we got to remember what the Bible says above all else. If we do that, then we're going to be uh, we're going to go good. We're going to go do well through this whole process. And uh, you know, a lot of people are very anxious and nervous about everything that's happening, uh, but we just got to remember, rightly understood, uh, we can make sense of it. So. But we're going to start with something that's difficult to watch at, uh, watch hard to understand that this is actually happening right now. Uh, this, uh, I'm going to show you a couple of videos. These are out of an airport in Russia, and they are basically saying, um, uh, let's kill the Jews. And you can see this anti-Semitism increasing significantly. But again, listen, we're going to tie it into the Bible and all the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. But check out this first video. at that we have another video we might show it in a little bit but we look at that one and think man this is actually happening in yeah. this world right now yeah um the hatred there is uh a bit beyond the pale but we're expecting this tom this you know it's as, as sad as it is it's not surprising at all because in the very beginning god's chosen people the descendants of abraham isaac and jacob and hated by the world there's a satanic hatred for them there always has been there always will be And, uh, you know, here's a bunch of people going to an airport in Russia waiting for a flight to arrive, and they had to divert the flight because they want to kill Jews. 
And we've got, I don't know if you saw the protests there in London, they had a huge pro-Hamas protest where people actually hold up signs of dead babies and praising them. And it's just, I mean, it's it's hard to believe, hard to conceive the evil that's there, but that's the world we're in. And that's, again, that's the sort of thing we expect as we get closer to the time of the end. Yeah, it is. Uh, Don, I know we have some other things that are going to be part of what we're going to be talking about to help people really get the right understanding of what's going on in Israel right now and uh, what this war currently isn't, because there's a lot of people on YouTube that are saying all kinds of things. So we want to deal with that. But before that, as we just see in, in that last video, as we look at an, the rise of anti-Semitism, uh, my mind goes back to the time in Nazi Germany where the the narrative was in such a way that the Jews are in charge of the banks, the Jews are in charge of this, the Jews are in charge of that, therefore the Jews are bringing all the problems in, uh, that there are in this world. And a very similar uh, narrative is developing right now, but it's much more widespread this time. I mean, what do you say uh, to these things? Because I mean, people will, they, they cherry pick. Well, this yeah. Jew is in charge of this, and this Jew is in charge of that, and that Jew is, therefore. Yeah. Yeah, this this is something, again, Tom, that doesn't make sense. And this is why people are scratching their heads. It's irrational, illogical. What would a, you know, a Jew living in South America or, or you know Indiana or something like that have anything to do with what's going on in Israel? But it, it doesn't matter to these people. They just want to see Jews eliminated from the face of the earth. Just like where you hear it talks about free Palestine. What free Palestine means is get them out of the whole country. That means there's one country, Palestine, not one Jew there living in the country. And so it, it's the sort of thing that the Bible has prophesied at the time of the end, there'll be two people groups that'll be persecuted, according to Scripture, Jews and Christians, meaning the Bible knew that Jews and Christians would still exist at the time of the end, and they would be persecuted. It's precisely what we see. So like we said, it's not surprising. We look to Zechariah at the end of the Great Tribulation period, the whole world's against him. And he makes it a point, not only the regional nations are against him, the whole world's against him, and we're moving towards that right now. Yeah, I, I look at this and think it's, it's really... Um, kind of almost surreal to watch, but I remember asking a friend of mine, Frank Eichlor, um, several years ago, probably 10 years ago, he was a uh, founder of Shalom International. I said, Frank, what is it going to take when you look at Jews being, uh, going back to their homeland, doing their aliyah from north, south, east, west, just as the Bible says, what's it going to take for Jews to leave America because you have really nice communities, Palm Beach, Florida, uh, New York, you know, parts of Los Angeles, and you know, get nice jobs and everything. And he said, anti-Semitism, don't know how it's going to happen, but here we are, and uh, we can see it. And, and um, not only that, you mentioned two groups. Don, I watched a video the other day. The, the video was uh, posted 10 months ago, mm. and it was basically people who said they were Christians that were being interviewed in parts of uh, like Judea and Samaria, AKA West Bank. And mm -hmm. they're saying the biggest problem that they have with Israel is the evangelical Christian. And, and I thought, well, this is really, yeah, because we, we believe the Bible's true. Uh, we believe in what the Bible teaches about Zion, you know, and so much of the talk is Zionism. They're starting to equate it to Nazism. You know, yeah. This is just insane, but we can see this coming from groups that call themselves Christian and say, guys like yeah. us, people who watch this program are the problem. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's interesting. The good thing, though, Americans got about a 65 percent belief that the Jews have a right to respond to Hamas. There's 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 a lot of good Bible believing Christians who do believe that Jews are, are still God's people. They have a future in his program, even though they're in unbelief right now. But it is disconcerting where a lot of our enemies, Tom, and, you know, we don't they consider us an enemy because we take the Bible literally where it talks about Israel existing in the last days. And here they are, just like the Bible said they would be. And so it's it's it is disconcerting when you've got these you know so-called Bible believers. You know, it's one thing to not believe what we say, you know, about Israel, but it's another thing to actually show anti-Semitism or hatred. Yeah. Here. And you see that from a lot of you know um, Christian so-called denominations. Uh, you sure do. Uh, by the way, everybody, we are going to be taking some of your questions live. So just be thinking of that and as it has been in the past, I haven't done them in a while, make sure when you, we get there, put the word question in all caps, or actually just send them in whenever. Uh, but Don and I are just gonna work through some things. So Don, as we look at the current war, mm-hmm. uh, there are many people, for example, that are saying, hey, Ezekiel 38, this part of Ezekiel 38, let's work through what this isn't. And is uh, is this Biblical? Does the Bible tell us that this particular war is going to happen? No, it does not. And this is very important for us to understand that uh, what we don't want to do is every time something happens in Israel, and this has been sad in the past that somehow they try and find a Bible passage or a Bible verse or something to show it. it you know, the Bible basically after the time of Christ, looks at the, looks towards the time of the end, the signs that'll happen at the end. Uh, but that's during basically the final seven-year period. Okay, this is not the Ezekiel 38-39 invasion. I did a video on this from our website, Educating Our World. We have a, uh, you know, everything's free, so I'm not p- promoting anything to sell. I don't even sell any books anymore. We do um, free download on our 25 signs from near the end. We have an appendix showing why. So it, um, it's not the Ezekiel 38-39 uh, invasion. I'm going to rub some people the wrong way with the next thing I'm going to say. It's not Psalm 83, and it's not Isaiah 17. Neither of those are last day's prophecies, by the way. I'm finishing writing some things about that, too, that I'll have in my book look up a timeline of 50 last day's events. What it is, is setting the stage, something we've talked about for a number of years, Tom. When you look at Ezekiel 38-39, it's Israel again— this is so sad what took place 50 years to the day one day afterwards of the yom kippur war when they were caught unaware 50 years to the day i did a i did a story from one guy that was there a hero in in, um, 73 and basically said well at least we're ready this time this this could never happen again then it happens the next day we know from Ezekiel 38.8, Tom, it's going to happen a third time. Sometime in the future, it's going to be Russia leading the charge. A Russian leader, uh, his title is Gog. He's going to be doing it at the time of the end. So it's not Ezekiel 38. This is led by Iran, totally Iran and their surrogates. The Houthis down there in, in Yemen. You've got Hezbollah in Lebanon. You've got other ones there, of course, Hamas in the in Gaza and other you know groups in Syria. And so the bottom line is it's one of these things where there's the continual hatred. Now, it's a huge thing. I'm not going to underestimate, underplay. It's huge what's going on. But see, the Holocaust wasn't predicted either, Tom. If anything was going to be predicted, it'd be that, you'd think. But that wasn't predicted. But what is predicted is the suffering of the Jews and the hatred of it. So I believe, and this could very well be some type of, maybe a regional war that will set the stage for Ezekiel 38, 39. We don't know, but it is not something that's been prophesied in Scripture. So please don't believe anybody that says it is. It is 
not? Because it always comes up. Someone says, well, this is this event or this is that event. No, it isn't. Uh, it's just another one of the things that happens in the history of Israel. Like Kristallnacht, Kristallnacht, the night of the broken glass in 1938. I was actually in Germany on the 50th anniversary of that, where they all had all these store window shops broken. They blamed the Jews. Jews, And that basically started the final solution there. And so that wasn't prophesied. The Russian pogroms here in the 19th and 20th century weren't prophesied, where thousands and thousands of Jews were murdered. So what we have to understand, Tom, this is one of these events, as terrible as it is, it's setting the stage for the time of the end, but it's not anything specifically predicted in Scripture. Uh, thank you, Don. For I just lost part of my audio. If you guys can leave that door open. For some reason, we, we had this problem the other day, too. But I was able to hear 98% of what you said. But I do want to say this. is <laughs> I am a person that has... Um, this is one of the things I appreciate about being able to... The things that you write, you give things to examine, you ask people to check out your works. So I've taught um, like the destruction of Damascus from Isaiah chapter 17. Um, and, and I've looked at that as being future. Um, but I know uh, you don't, Andy Woods doesn't, guys I really respect. So I wanna say this, this is what I appreciate so much. Uh, I just had something on Psalm 83 the other day and asked my guests, several different questions, we went back back and forth, and I said, many people say it was a prayer, others will say it was fulfilled like 1948 or so forth. Um, we went back and forth on that, and I let Bill, I said, hey, Bill, present uh, what you have, and I want people to be, to be able to think through the process of what those things are, and I am looking forward to your work as soon as it comes out, but I wanna ask you this, on, and thank you so much, and, and this is one just with everyone. I, I just want to challenge you guys: is it, we need to be men and women who study, and and I agree. We don't just believe everything that we are, uh, everything that we are told, or everything that we hear. Because if we did that, the rapture would have happened on September nineteenth, <laughs> a month and a half ago. We're still here. We got to be careful with a lot of things. And with Ezekiel chapter thirty-eight, Don, I absolutely have. In total agreement, I don't. I just don't see it at all for a number of reasons. And you know, I I presented this you know week week and a half ago. Man, people get really angry instead of just working through um, the facts. And and um, uh, I mean, you know, whether or not they do that privately is another. But when you see Sheba and Dedan in Ezekiel thirty-eight, it's it's the opposite. They're saying, "Hey, why are you guys?" In I mean, there's there's lots of holes in the argument that this is Ezekiel 38. And I, I just, you know, it's like being biblical. I just really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and one thing I do, if you're not familiar with our ministry, educating our world, we have a 65 books in PDF form that are all free for downloads. I've got about 215 videos where we go through uh, the books. We do some other subjects too. I do a breaking news program actually now too. But the point is, when I ever say something like what I've said, I always document it. The We've got it there on the website. The reasons Ezekiel 38, 39 is not happening right now. There's many reasons why. Uh, and it's very simple. It's a Russian leader, a Russian-led invasion, along with Turkey and Iran. It's not an Iranian-led invasion. One of the countries that invades is Libya. Libya can't even put an army together right now, much less help invade Israel. So you've got those problems. It just doesn't work in, on many, many levels. But uh, what it does do is something we have been talking about for years, Tom. Like I said, I think it's going to set the stage in some way for the Ezekiel 38 and 39 invasions sometime in the future. 
I totally, that's what I see. When I, when I look at this, I don't know all the details about how this is going to go. I know how, I know, but it, it has to lead to a place where Israel feels secure and safe and they're living in peace and they're surprised by an invasion. When you look at Ezekiel 38, they're shocked. So therefore, this is all going to get there. I don't know if it's going to get there tomorrow, which I doubt. I don't know if it's going to be six months, but we don't even know. We don't. Re- we we really don't even know tomorrow in yeah. in that regard. We can guess, but it has to get to that place. So when I look at my Bible, I say, okay, here's where we are now. Israel's not going to cease from being a nation. No. The Jews are not going to cease from being a people. Israel is going to get to this place of a false sense of peace, a false sense of security, and there's going to be a seven-year tribulation, and Jesus is going to come back. Those right. are, and there will be a rapture. There's certain things we can know, but you know, be, before this happened, this war, I said, uh, you know, I get questions like you do, and somebody said, could a war happen in um, in the Mideast before Ezekiel 30. I said, well, of course it could. Of course. Uh, and so here we are, and this is a pretty significant one, but I also look at it and I think Israel has to do something uh, regarding Hamas. They've got, uh, it was that the Caroline Glick video with Victor Davis Hansen just said, hey, they have to put every terror organization on notice that if you try anything, you will be uh, you'll be annihilated, and they have to send that message. Yeah, they do, and that's you know as as sad as it is to have to do that, they must because Hamas in their charter. Remember, let's go back for a second. Hamas, uh, two thousand and five, the Gaza Strip was given independence. Two thousand and six, the people voted Hamas in. And Hamas's charter, as you know, Tom, they call for the destruction of Israel. So the people aren't ignorant who Hamas is, and that's been their goal. That has been their goal from day one to destroy the nation of Israel. That there that there would be no more Israel. But again, one country, their power. Palestine. And so that, and, you know, they live for this underneath, you know, and, you know, they've got this city underneath the Gaza with all these tunnels. They have some 40,000 terrorists are there living underground in the city, the leaders of Hamas. Uh, It's likely, although not for certain, it is likely that most or some at least of the hostages are there. Um, There's also the possibility some were taken elsewhere too. Mm -hmm. But the point is you've got uh, this underground city with miles and miles and miles of tunnels uh, very sophisticated uh, these guys are not stupid they are very clever what they do what they uh, what they built and it's a very um, well organized terrorist organization and but they have to be uprooted the problem is you can't do it overnight and Israel's said today they're going to try and do it in four different parts but it's going to take a long period of time and um, we'll see the worrisome thing, Lieberman, the former defense minister under Netanyahu in 2016, he said, uh, I warned Netanyahu then that Hamas was going to do this, and they've got to hurry to get rid of Hamas because there's going to come a time when the United States says, no, no, we don't want you to do it any longer. You've got the humanitarian cry from the world. So they, they'll they be pressured, let's put it this way, to cease finishing the job. They've got to finish the job. If not, these guys will be back. Amen. They have to finish the job. There's some great comments on here. Uh, Don Leslie Dutton said, uh, yes, test everything against the word and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Um, Cindy Calder said, God's mighty hand is holding this whole world together 
right now. Maybe we go up, and then he removes his hand. And then uh, Foxy Fair said, uh, I think this is setting the stage for Ezekiel 38-39. The igniting of anti-Semitism to me is showing how all will be against Israel, which I think is spot-on. Uh, mm. observation from Foxy Fair. I mean, I look at that and go, this is all moving. God, when I look at it, Don, God, to me, he He knows his prophetic calendar. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are experiencing. We're experiencing him moving his prophetic calendar. When we look at Daniel 9, verse 24, the angel tells Daniel, 70 weeks are determined for your people, for your holy city. Determined. It is determined. God has a calendar. And he's going to move everything according to his calendar. So we're we're in it. We're experiencing uh, this process. And I think that her comments are are spot on with what she says about what it's stage setting. Anti-Semitism, Zechariah 12, stage setting for what is coming with Ezekiel 38. Yeah, you got a sharp audience out there, Tom. <laughs> um, all right. So let's move on. I want to ask you about this. In Ezekiel chapter 38, uh, we have where where God talks about his covenant, and he says, hey, listen, um, here's the scoop. I'm going to bring you back into the land because of my holy name. And he's talking about Israel being scattered to the nations. In the book of Deuteronomy, he goes, everywhere I scatter you, you'll become a byword, which is what anti-Semitism is. Uh, but he says, I will gather you back, and he's speaking of the last days, into the land. Uh, although you profane my name wherever you went, and by the way, another reason you don't just point the finger at the Jew and say, look what the Jew done, because Gentiles profane the name of the Lord uh, uh, rather astoundingly too. So don't forget that. But God says, although you've done that, because my name is on the covenant, I will bring you back into the land because of my holy name. Okay, with that, Don, uh, you've said many times before that the people are brought back uh, first in unbelief and then in belief. Can you kind of put these things together? Yeah. In fact, if you're interested, too, in our book, uh, 25 Signs of Near the End, Sign 4 is does that. The nation of Israel will return in two stages. We've got about seven, eight pages on this. And basically what it says is when Israel comes back, to the land in the last days. Ezekiel 38.8 talks about this, what it's talking of this leader, Gog, how this nation comes, been away for a long time, gathered from all the world, comes back to the land. And the, twice it says in the same verse there, at the last days in the future years, they will come back, but they will come back in unbelief. They will come back in unbelief. There's two stages there. And so what's going to happen in the return, they first come back on their own. They're in unbelief. And then... Um, they're going to go through a very, very difficult period of time. The last seven years, it's called the time of Jacob's trouble, the 70th week of Daniel. Technically, the last three and a half years is the Great Tribulation. People use it for all seven years. But the point is they're going to go through that. That's that's That sequence is, is next after they come back. So uh, there's, a, there's a, a very important point here. It's, it's interesting, Tom, this hasn't been lost on people who have um, basically um, – 
studied the Bible. Let me read you something real quick uh, from a commentator now named Elhanan Winchester. He said, we may be sure that the Jews will not be converted before their return to their own land. And it has been a very great, though general mistake to suppose that their conversion would first take place in order for their return. Whereas this terrible calamity, talk about the great tribulation that shall fall upon them, supposes the contrary. For, it, for is it reasonable to suppose that God would thus deliver up his beloved people when they had newly returned to him into the hands of their cruel foes who should thus be permitted to exercise such horrible brutality upon them? And the answer is no. Elhanan Winchester wrote that in the year 1789. Wow. 1789. Wow. 17 centuries after the Israel scattered throughout the earth. And But he says wow. they're going to come back in unbelief first, great tribulation, then they will come to Christ. And that's what the scripture says. They'll have a conversion experience in the second coming of Christ. So they got three events still to happen. Uh, they come back in unbelief. They will uh, go through this final seven-year period. At the end of the period, they'll turn to Jesus Christ. They will believe in him. And then Christ will return once they repent nationally of their sins. But this has been something, I, I think I have about four different commentators from the past who all say the same thing. They recognize that the first thing will happen at the time of the end. These people write in the 17th, 18th, 19th century that they'll come back in unbelief. They'll come back in unbelief. And because I have to go through this time of tribulation or before they see their eyes are open to the, the Lord God. So anyway, um, this is what the, there'll be a final restoration there. Isaiah 11, 11 and 12 talks about it. What's really interesting, Isaiah 11, 11 and 12, Isaiah wrote this before the, the first exile took place. He's talking about them coming back from a second exile from all over the world at the time of the end. So the Bible knows exactly what's going to happen, and we are right on schedule. Amen. I'll bring them back a second time into their land. Amos yep. said, and they will never be uprooted. So when people, listen, if you're looking out there now thinking, or you're worried Israel's going to be uprooted, God says, they will never be uprooted again. Uh, and Don, that is remarkable from the 1700s to have somebody with a commentary like that, because we can look and go, okay, Israel was established as a nation. Uh, and not only that, because we can see it, but to write that in the 1700s when the popular belief was, it was even more, I mean, few commentators would write back then unless they, unless they really had to take the Bible literally and be against all of their peers because it just made no sense whatsoever and to have that happening from uh 1700s um yep. that's uh pretty cool uh somebody wants the polo that you're wearing don i just thought i'd let you know that oh, they like that, the educating our world thing yeah uh that's one yeah somebody got me that i didn't buy it myself they put a logo on it and sent it to me i i think that was rocco Rocco is on the East Coast. I can't remember his last name, but he makes these gigantic donuts. And they're the best things. They're 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 basically um they're they're um shall we say uh, what do you how what's the word I'm looking for? Um like the best things going. And uh he's there, he's a believer. And years and years ago, he was uh, before he started getting the donut thing, he would make t-shirts. He said, Don, I gotta get you an educator in our world t-shirt. So he sent me a bunch of them. And they got in the donut business. But they're gourmet <laughs> donuts, that's what it's word I'm looking for. And they're huge. If you eat one, you'll gain a hundred pounds. But anyway, that's, but uh, I think well, yeah, Rocco sent me this. <laughs> that's great. Um Rose said, question, World War One and World War Two were not in Bible prophecy. Correct. Uh, is World War III a probability considering the global hostility over this conflict in the Middle East and the U.S. is actively in this war uh, and is a NATO nation? Um, 
Yeah, that's, you know, that's a great question. It could be. We don't know. See, Iran is playing a very dangerous game, like that art, that that the uh, video we saw that Carolyn Glick did with Victor Davis Hansen, uh, talking about Iran is playing a very dicey game, being belligerent. It's their surrogates who are involved, but they are not themselves getting involved directly. And so one of the articles, you saw it too, what was it, about a week ago or so, that uh, there's one, Joe Rosenberg actually did it. He said, uh, and, you know, it's something they've talked about before. Do you think Israel will plan a preemptive strike against Iran? Because they're the ones that are putting all this together. Uh-huh. Will that happen? And, you know, that's been talked about for years. We don't know. No, and he said he doesn't know. He doesn't have any inside info on it. But you know they've got to be talking about it. Uh, uh, it, it is all just so fascinating. Also, so with uh, watching Caroline Glick and Victor Davis Hansen, they're saying, hey, it looks like, or she said, Qatar or Qatar uh, yeah. is probably going to be negotiating for the hostages. Um, she threw that out there. She, you know, this was a couple of days ago. Right. And then I reported, maybe I jumped the gun that it's a possibility Iran is. But, uh, you know, you, I mean, there's different things that are at play here and and. Uh, Iran is not in the driver's seat as much as they would like to be or typically be from some of the things that I've seen also. Um, however, they're still better negotiators than uh, the U.S. has ever been. Yeah, actually, Qatar is the one that's been uh, supporting Hamas financially. So they've got they've got skin in the game. They have given hundreds of millions of dollars to the, you know, they're in the Gaza Strip and that. So they're, they've given, you know, bags of cash to them. So they're not exactly a neutral observer, as it were, an independent, you know, uh, you know, personage in this uh, particular matter. So it's real interesting to watch all of this, you know, how it's going to, um, and we don't know, how, and no one knows how it's going to turn out, what, whether it could be a, a regional war, a world war, or just something that uh, is limited to a certain area. But see, when you have Hezbollah there in Lebanon, when you have the Houthis down there in Yemen, you know, you know, besides, of course, Gaza and Hamas in the West Bank, you've got, excuse me, Judea and Samaria, you've got problems there, too. Uh, Israel's surrounded here. They really are. And uh, there's 150,000 missiles aimed from Lebanon at Israel that Hezbollah has, the client state, the the surrogate of Iran. So we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and if Iran says do it to get now, Iran has threatened this, but threatening and doing it are two different things. Well, again, we don't know. We just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Uh, indeed. Um, there's this uh, other question on here. I want to get to the Temple Mount in a second because sure. – uh, fascinating things. I think you have something to mention for us too. Sure <laughs> okay. So, but, uh, so let me do this first. Then we're going to head over to Temple Mountain and what you have to share. Uh, this question came from, comes from Brad Myers. Don, do you believe the war in Jerusalem, Zechariah chapter 12, verses four through nine is the same war in Jerusalem, Zechariah 14, uh, but with some more details, or do you believe Zechariah 12, verse four through nine is a separate war? So, Zechariah 14 would be uh, when um, you have, go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah, I think they're the same thing. I think it's, it's talking about the time of the end there and that day when you put them together. Um, I, yeah, I do believe that 12 and 14 are two of the main passages that talk about what's going to take place in the one we quote. It's, you know, it's in 12 where that the it, that's where Jerusalem's going to be a rock of offense, a, a stone of stumbling to the world where not only the local nations, but the entire world will be against them. And let's face it, Tom, and this is what's so fascinating. Can you imagine Zechariah writing that, you know, what, 20, 2,600 years ago, whatever it might be, 2,500 years ago, that at the time of the end, Jerusalem, 
Israel will be center stage in the eyes of the world. And where are they right now? Yeah. Center stage in the eyes of the world. In fact, one of our signs of the end, that Jerusalem will be in the world spotlight. And where does a, a campaign of Armageddon take place? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the gather in Israel, right? And so, yeah, it's going to be all taking place there at the time of the end. Now, some of the sequences there, we're not exactly sure. You know, we've got the general thing there. And this will happen at the time of the end. But uh, yeah, I, I do believe that. I think that's uh, those two passages do go together, uh, 12 and 14 in Zechariah. Yeah, you know, when I think it's Zechariah chapter 12, and then I'm going to have you share a little bit on the Temple Mount here in just a second. Uh, specifically, God says, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness mm -hmm. to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall happen in that day, I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it will surely be cut in pieces. All who would heave it away, uh, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. This is, tells us there's going to be anti-Semitism like we are seeing is going to grow. And hmm. Jerusalem, I mean, it is remarkable when you think how tiny the nation of Israel is. Yeah. And how you, you see Jerusalem, you think man would never pick Jerusalem as their city that they would glorify. And I mean, they're going to do a Dubai, a New York City. They're going to do London. They're going to do all these other things. And you look at Jerusalem, that goes with the you can't make this up from Dom Stewart because, yeah. but yet biblically, it this is what the Bible has always uh, told us it's going to go this way. By the way, everybody, real quick, then we're going to get to this question for Don in the Temple Mount because it's a big deal. Um, this Wednesday at 412 Church in San Jacinto, I'm going to do a prophecy update in person. Uh, oh, it's Israel night. Yeah, we're going to have a, a different worship. Bob Probert, remember Bob Probert? He's, oh, going, yeah. to, he's, he's going to actually lead in worship. And uh, it's totally different worship from what you're used to if you're used to oh, contemporary yes. things. So it'll be different. And that's Bob Probert standing next to me in the picture. That's going to be this Wednesday night. Uh, join us, uh, Southern California, 412 Church, San Jacinto. I hope that you can. Um, you know, I'm in the studio so much, but it would be nice to get out and do these things in person more than just conferences, too. So really looking forward to it. So join me if you can this week. Okay, Don. Yeah. Temple Mount, um, in, in, uh, in your book, by the way, um, you the book that I actually titled this off of, uh, our our video tonight regarding the Jews, Jerusalem, and the Temple Mount. And by the way, it's free and downloadable on Don's website, Educating Our World. So not even selling anything, not even the shirt he's wearing. No, Nothing. no. no. Just, uh, so it's free to download. And again, it's a reminder, educate yourself. So many times, even in the prophecy world, people just are arguing about their point. <laughs> they get mad. They won't talk to each other. They, they storm. They said, I'm unfollowing you forever. No, it's just, <laughs> that, that's, that's just nuts. That's not smart. You just educate yourself. And I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to reading yeah. about Damascus and yeah. Isaiah 17 and Psalm 83. Yeah. But let's talk about the Temple Mount. Sure. So we have an event coming on the Temple Mount, do we? We certainly seem to do. Yehuda Glick, you might know that oh, name. Yeah. Yehuda is a advocate for, you know, uh, freedom of worship on the Temple Mount. He has it has been working with an organization over the years that is he's friendly to both Muslims and Jews. They know him well. And he's a very soft-spoken guy. Well, about five days ago, he did a video. I've never seen him so mad in my life. He says, this is this is just 
all bets are off now with what's happened, the murder of Jews and that we've done this. And that. I saw him angry. He made an announcement tomorrow at 730 in the morning. He's going to attempt to ascend to the Temple Mount and pray. And there's no Jewish prayer allowed on the Temple Mount. He's a very known activist. So oh, yeah, it's yes. really interesting to see what happens. Uh, now, I'm I'm almost positive we're going to try and stop him from going up there, but I'm sure he's going to have some minions there that'll that'll help him. But Yehuda is a quite interesting fellow, but I never, you know, he's, again, this real soft-spoken guy. And then the other day, you should have seen him. Like, smoke's coming out of his ears. He's so mad with what's going on. So he said, 7.30 tomorrow morning, I'm going to send the temple mount. I'm going to pray for the whole situation here. So we will see. And guaranteed, that's going to cause uh, quite the uproar. Oh, yeah, Will. Uh, when we think of this Zechariah chapter 12, I'll make Jerusalem this heavy stone for all peoples. We can see it. And even as this whole war broke out with Hamas, uh, one of the cries from the Muslim leaders was, hey, um, Israel yep. wants to get rid of the Al-Aqsa Mosque and they want to put the temple up there. We've got to stop it. So this is the bullseye. When, yep. we, when we look at this and go, okay, Yehuda Glick doing this, man, I, I, this is, we, we live in amazing days. We really do. Yep. Well, also, too, you heard what Erdogan said last night, didn't you, to the crowd there in Turkey, hundreds of thousands of people. He says, we could come anytime with, a, you know, basically a Turkish army and people going, a code free Palestine. They start screaming out, you know, so you've got all these things working out, coming together. But, yeah, you can't make this stuff up, Tom. We live in a very exciting time. That's why it's, it's crucial to know what the Bible says and what it doesn't say about the time of the end. Here's where we should always be at, gang. We don't want to say more than the Bible says. We don't want to say less than what the Bible says. That's why we have to study it and look as best we can and try and figure out what exactly we should be believing. Yeah, you know, I, I look at the Bible and I think, you know, it was Andy Woods who says, uh, if you wonder what the half hour of silence is in the book of Revelation, uh, that's when all us prophecy teachers readjust our charts. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I look, like Jesus himself said, um, although heaven and earth will pass away, my word will never pass away. We're going to be learning the word of God forever. And there's people that think they've got the whole thing figured out. Um, but we know how it's going to end. And that's the thing. So God has told us this is how it's going to end. And we can see the details in between going, wow, this looks remarkably like this. And all these things are converging at the same time, which makes it even uh, even more amazing to think that we're alive watching these things. Yeah, it's really interesting, Tom, because in the 1970s, when I, I became a Christian in March of 1970, we had, you know, the prophecy teaching then, and the Ezekiel 38-39 lineup was taught. The problem was everybody was in the wrong place. The good guys were where the bad guys should be. The get bad guys were the good guys would be. Israel's best friend in that time was Iran, okay? Uh, Egypt was an enemy of Israel. Um, and then you've got the, the Gulf states were uh, enemies of Israel. And so what we said, give it enough time, and the stage will set itself. So we know what's going to eventually happen. We don't know how it's going to get there. And, of course, today everybody's lined up perfectly. You've got Iran, Turkey, and Russia all working together, forming, you know, coalition. You've got Egypt sitting on the side, you know, at peace with Israel since 79, Camp David Accords. You've got, uh, you know, the Gulf states trying to have, you know, Abraham Accords, some type of recognition or relationship with Israel. You've got Syria and Jordan who are just kind of, uh, Syria's not really a country anymore. It's just divided here and there. And Jordan has really not been a real player at all. And so it, it sits perfectly. 
perfectly what the Bible says is going to happen at the time of the end. But again, if we were doing this in 1975, Tom, uh, we would say, uh, oh, gee, uh, buh, 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 what, where's the lineup there? It's just not what it should be. It's just the opposite of what it should be. But we always say, give it enough time. God's word will prove to be true. Here we are in 2023. Voila, the yep. stage is set. The stage is set. And, I, and again, I'm convinced this war that we see going on is going to be a talking point to force Israel into a time of a future uh, peace and safety agreement. I'm not saying whatever peace agreement they reach at the end of this is covenant of Antichrist. What I'm, what I'm saying is it will definitely, what's happening right now is going to be, I believe, Don, the world leaders are going to say this cannot happen again. The pressure against Israel is going to increase substantially over what it already is. And uh, so it's, Israel's going to be pushed down this down this road, and this yeah. is going to be that much more now. It's going to be fascinating to watch how it all comes together. And again, we don't know how all the details are going to pan out. Again, we know the general scenario, how it's going to end, who's going to be where. How we get there, we don't know. Uh, no one could have foreseen this war, particularly if, you know, 50th anniversary on October 6th of Yom Kippur, of the war starting then, thinking, well, you know, never again, it won't happen again, and, you know, patting themselves on the back that it couldn't, and the next day it, it does. And so there'll be a third time, like we said, Ezekiel 38.8, they'll be caught unaware. They will not They will not be thinking. They'll think yeah. whoever is giving them, con their their friend is actually their enemy, and that'll be Russia there. And so it's, it's amazing how all of it is coming together. And we need to keep our eyes open, but we, again, have to be careful, not say more than the Bible says or say anything less. Let's stick to what the scriptures yeah. say. Yep, yeah, and it's it's a hard, it's, sometimes it's hard when you see certain things going on. It's always so just jump to yeah. it, and, 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 and all of a sudden you find out a week later you get egg on your face. <laughs> and um, uh, I, have, I have so many different things here. Let me ask you about sure. Mount Moriah. So um, Mount Moriah... I believe is where the Temple Mount is. I even yeah. believe it's where the Gold Dome is. But if we walk back through Israel's history, and this is why this is such a big deal, I believe, Don, uh, isn't this where Abraham was told, take your son, your only son, and, and sacrifice him? Yeah. Moriah is a mountain range, as it were. And Israel, uh, Jerusalem, is built on Mount Moriah. And it was specifically where God told Abram to, to Abraham at that time to take his son Isaac and sacrifice him there on Mount Moriah. Now, on Mount Moriah, there is a specific place that God told Abraham to build the altar to sacrifice his son. Uh, the Jews believe it's the exact place where God, you know, David had built the altar there uh, when, you know, God sent the plague. And then, of course, they built the first temple uh, on the same spot, and the second temple on the same spot, and the third temple be on the same spot. Uh, that's that's their belief on Mount Moriah, that particular place where Abraham took Isaac. I disagree. I think he took him up several hundred yards on the Temple Mount to another place on Mount Moriah called Golgotha. I think that's exactly where Abraham took Isaac, and that's where the picture of the Lord Jesus Christ dying for the sins of the world was uh, made. That's my own personal opinion, because wow. it's a mountain range. You go a little bit higher, a few hundred yards up, and there is Golgotha on Mount Moriah. Wow. That, that I, I hope you, well, I hope we're rapture, but if we're not, I'd like you to come to Israel with me sometime. That I'd love to, yeah. That would, that would yeah. be so cool. I look at, um, in Psalm 121, uh, 
this a song of ascents. The psalmist says, I will mm-hmm. lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Um, which, you know, I just love this Psalm, Psalm 121 and Psalm 122. So we remember the Lord keeps, Lord's going to keep Israel and he's going to keep us too. In Psalm 122, David writes, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, the testimony of Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. And I think of the thrones of judgment, you start looking at everything, Golgotha. I mean, you look at Jerusalem as a whole, you have Jesus being crucified just outside the city gates. You have the Holy of Holies is there, the temple, the Holy of Holies. You have the sacrifices, the Shekinah of glory. You have Jesus is going to come back there. And God says thrones are set there for judgment. And I kind of, in my mind, I think Satan does not want to be judged. And ultimately, Jerusalem, that specific spot represents his judgment. Yeah, like we we always say, Tom, uh, God's timepiece is the nation of Israel. The nation is the hour hand, Jerusalem is the minute hand, and the Temple Mount is the second hand. This is the center stage for God's uh, program for time and eternity. And that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing everything converge, come together. This tiny little nation the size of Lake Michigan, the size of New Jersey. The whole world's looking at it right now, and we'll continue to look at it until the very time of the end. And you're right, the songs, they're songs of ascent, the Hallel song, Psalm 1. 21, 122, and following, they would sing these going up to Jerusalem. They'd sing these songs of sent, you know, how they're going up there. I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord, this and that. And um, it's it's amazing. Now, how many times you've been there now? You've been a lot now. I've, been there, I've been there a lot of times. I'm supposed to be there right now. We I know have you two are. back-to-back groups, but, you know, obviously <laughs> we're not we're not there, you know. And, and uh, you know, you, as much as you want to go, you f- feel much worse. You know, it's awful, you know, all our friends, just people living in Israel, what they're going through. Um, it's, it's awful thing. It's awful. Yeah, I, I went with Chuck Missler right after the Gulf War. We were like the only Gentiles in the whole country at that time. The troop, the the, the trips, the, the tours hadn't gotten back in the speed yet, and they were so happy to see uh, Gentiles there in the oh, land. I bet. <laughs> yeah. I was there uh, in 2006 right at the heels of the Lebanon War, and it oh, was, yeah. there was there yeah. was nobody there, and it was a yeah. it was a it was it was a good it was, it was a very good trip. Good to be there. By the way, everybody, if you have a question, please um, uh, please feel free to send it in. Don, um, remember put the word "question" in all caps. So, I mean, I look at Israel now. Look at the Temple Mount now. <clears throat> Yehuda Click ascending the Temple Mount. Uh, it's uh, almost 5 p.m. here on the west coast of California. So uh, it would be it would be what 3 a.m. there in Israel. You said what 7:30. So about four four and a half hours now. He's going to be. Yeah, it's it, it's 1:46 a.m. in Israel. So it'd be six hours about six hours from now. Less than six hours. He's going to uh, be uh, attempting to ascend the Temple Mount and to pray. He said at 7:30. Tomorrow, he's going to go up, he's going to try to go up to the mount, he's going to go on the mount, and he's going to do something that's not legal, although it should be, pray. Pray to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob there for peace and for, you know, all these things going on. So we'll see how far he gets, but I'm sure whatever happens, it's going to cause quite a ruckus. It, it, it will, and you look, you go, how could there ever be a temple there 
Well, everything is moving. God yeah. has determined, he says in, in Daniel chapter 9, he has determined, and one of the things he's determined to do is to seal up all vision and prophecy and to mm. anoint the most holy. So that's what we see happening, everybody. Everything's going this way. Uh, Don, years ago, you had mentioned this time you were with Chuck Smith and uh, looking at Iran, Iran, Persia. Iran was friendly with Israel. You know, you talked right. a little bit about that. But the Chuck Smith story I always found kind of yeah. interesting. And I think it helps people to wrap their mind around why we can trust the Bible, too. You yeah, this, this, it's a fascinating story. Pastor Chuck Smith, he's been with the Lord for 10 years now. It was right after the Yom Kippur War in 1973, I think it was 74, 75. He's up there in um, the northern part of the country near the Lebanese-Syrian border, and he's talking to the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, these generals. And he says, fellas, uh, it's not Syria, it's not Lebanon that you need to be worried about in the future. It's Iran. And when he said that, they actually laughed at him, said, Chuck, Iran is our best friend in the Middle East. If it wasn't for Iran, this is true in a, in a human level, they helped resupply along with the United States, Israel, during the uh, Yom Kippur War in 73, that uh, Israel still exists. The Shah of Iran was a good friend. And Chuck says, fellas, I'm just telling you, look out for Iran. Well, a couple of years later, 79, the Ayatollah Khomeini took over. The Shah was deposed. Iran became you know, the Islamic State of Iran, which is now supporting jihad around the world, the state-sponsored terrorism around the world. So Chuck said in the late 70s, when that took place, he started getting all these phone calls from these Israeli generals saying, Chuck, what's going to happen next? And Chuck says, look, I'm not a prophet. I'm not a son of the prophet. It's just in the book. I'm just telling you what it said. And it said Iran is going to be the, and also Turkey. Let's face it. The Israelis used to take their uh, vacations in Turkey for the last seven years, though. They've been on loggerheads. And there was a, what's really fascinating to me, it's funny. It's almost, it's comical that Erdogan, the leader of Turkey, right before all this thing happened on October 7th, was going to take a trip and visit Israel. He called up Netanyahu, congratulated him. Uh, they're like their buddy, buddy. And now he, he called Hamas a liberated liberation organization liberating they're not terrorists in this so uh he's lost his invite he won't get any fudge for christmas or for whatever they send him uh to him for erdogan but uh it's interesting how things change and so again uh russia iran and turkey will be the three nations that'll be leading the charge in the last days against israel yeah. indeed uh i'm going to ask you a question in a minute that 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 is going to get some people really ticked off of both you and me <laughs> when you answer it, and that's that's not my goal, but it's just understanding, you know, um, just understanding uh, what the Bible does teach. Yeah. And um, but real quick, this is this first one is from Amos, Amos chapter one, and this person asked, uh, "Do you see Amos chapter one verses six through eight in this current situation, which says, thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Gaza and for four and will not turn away its punishment because they took captive the whole captivity to deliver them up to Edom. Uh, but I will send a fire upon the wall of Gaza, which shall devour its palaces. I will cut off the inhabitant from Ashdod and the one who holds the scepter from Ashkelon. I will turn the head, uh, my hand against Ekron and the remnant of the Philistines shall perish. Uh, you know, I know why people have gone to that passage. It's interesting in light of today, but they do Google search or search in their Bible software on Gaza and it comes up. And what I, this is what I find fascinating. I'll let you comment here in just a second. But what I find fascinating about it is the five Philistine cities, Israel is still 
they're still problematic. You know, Ashdod and Ashkelon are in Israel territory, right. Gaza, but Gaza was one of them. The other, all of them that are listed there, we think of, of uh, the other one is Gath, where Goliath was from. You start looking at these. I, I just find this so fascinating to me, Don, is that Israel's dealt with these cities throughout their history. You have Judea and Samaria, which the world calls the West Bank. You have uh, what happened to Judea and Samaria. Well, the northern tribes defected from the God of heaven. And then in Judea, it eventually happened. Obviously, Jeremiah called them out. What are they still dealing with? Oh, by the way, and the tribe of Dan relocates because doesn't want to deal with the, I think it was the Philistines relocates, goes up north where the Golan Heights is. And that yeah. was a no-no. So you look at these four areas, the, the five cities of the Philistines in Gaza, the Judea and Samaria, a.k.a. West Bank, and Golden Heights. Thousands of years later, Israel is still dealing with them, and they all of them are a problem. And God said, I mean, he calls them out in the Bible. You should have dealt with this. This is the way you should have been. And here we are in 2023 with all of these territories. Yeah, um, I'm surprised didn't ask about verses um, three to uh, five here because that deals with Damascus there. Um, but again, all this was fulfilled uh, when uh, Tiglath-Pileser, the uh, head of the Assyrian army, 734 to 732 BC, came and and uh, basically uh, destroyed the kingdom of Aram. This was the old ancient name of Syria, and the Arameans uh, took the people to a place called Kir. We're not exactly sure where it is. Um, basically, the cities around Damascus were all abandoned in that, and Isaiah talks about that in the 17th chapter. Uh, he's talking to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. He's telling them, look what happened to these, these guys, and, can, and you know, because they what happened, they, they put their trust in the arm of flesh rather than the Lord. Philistines don't exist anymore. The Moabites don't exist. The Ammonites, the Edomites, uh, Tyre doesn't exist. The Syrian Empire was destroyed in uh, Nineveh in 6 to 12 BC. Um, so no, they're not around anymore. Now, the geographical areas around Israel have always been problematic for them, and they are, they will be at the time of the end, but the specific people People groups don't exist anymore. They've all been lost in history. They've all been destroyed. The Amalekites got, you know, or uh, basically amalgamated into, uh, you know, just, um, you know, together. They, they've lost their unique identity. Only the Jews have not. And that's one of the distinction there. Jews in Egypt will last to the time of the end. These other groups will not. Bible's very clear about that. And our 25 signs were near the end. That's sign number two, as these people have done to Israel, so God will do to them. And we talk about, you know, Edom, Ammon, Moab, Philistia, and Amalek, uh, all trying to destroy Israel. And, and God said, you all are going to be history, and they're all our history right now. Yeah. Uh, in fact, even the term Palestine uh, yeah. was an invented name by uh, Hadrian, 130, right. 135 AD. Right. Mm -hmm. He invented it based upon the, the problems that the Jews used to have with the Philistines before them. You know? So yeah. you look at it and you go, uh, all these things. Thank you so much. Okay, last question. Sure. This will get people mad at both you and me, but it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be yeah. the first. It wouldn't be the first time. Only but the last time either. It, indeed, and we have our great hope in the Lord Jesus Christ too. And that's sure. something. You know, when we look at everything that comes together in the Bible, it's like it's like we see everything going to the place of Jesus coming back. So uh, keep everybody. You got to keep that in mind. You got to stay vertically focused. It'll keep you from horizontal panic. Stay focused on the Lord. Okay, last question. Generation 2434. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, explain. 
Matthew 24, 34, surely I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. There's a key right in that, in that verse. That's Mary Lou Hicks. I'm not sure what she believes, but you know, there's, there's, there's two different schools of thought on it. Um, take it away. Yeah. Uh, I've written a book, again, free there under the subject of Bible prophecy. It says 40 common mistakes about the last days that are cleared up. And one of the mistakes that people make, I think it's 16, 17, and 18, is the fig tree represents Israel in the last days. It does not. The fig tree is a fig tree. It's a sign from nature. I have three appendices in the book. We go through one every every time the fig tree is used in Israel. It never once represents Israel, by the way. Never. In the Old Testament, you can't find one illustration of that. We list them all there. Uh, the generation, generation's 40 years from Scripture. You, we get four different evidences of that. So if you believe that, if you believe the fig tree uh, was the, the birth of Israel, uh, the rebirth in 1948 of the modern state of Israel, then you make Jesus a liar because 40 years was 1988 and the, the Christ didn't come back then. He did not say that. He did not say that at all. The fig tree is a sign from nature. We go into this in great detail. So, you know, what I want you to do, the book's free, download that. I think it's 16, 17, and 18 of the mistakes that are there, and read about what we say. Then we've got three appendices. We go into great detail and answer all the questions. And then if you still have questions, if I said something wrong afterwards, you know, you can go to my website, and we'll go to a YouTube page, uh, because people aren't afraid. To, and I put down when people ask me, disagree with me, I'll let them talk, you know, as long as they're not nasty, and I'll answer them. And so, but what I always say this, look what I say first and tell me where I'm wrong. Please read what I say in context. And then if I'm wrong, I'll change. Because I've said this, Tom, too, of the 40 common mistakes that people make, I made about 20 of them in my early ministry. I'm, so I was guilty of many of these myself until I got to study a little bit more. So I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. These are things that people do and say, but the fig tree does not represent Israel. Fig trees is just a sign from nature. And there's no limit to the time. And a generation is 40 years in the New Testament, very clearly. 40 years. I've got four different lines of evidence that show that and in the book. So please check it out. And uh, if I'm wrong, show me where I'm wrong. Yeah. I appreciate that so much about you. You put everything out there for free so people can read and educate themselves and then show, show you where you're wrong. You know, so you tell people, I, listen, I believe that we are all supposed to be good Bereans, all of us. And I'm constantly learning. I mean, I've taught that the, gener the fig tree was Israel uh, for okay. a long time. I did. And, um, but I, I look at it now, and, and um, I, I think there's some very key words that are in there for just one thing. When you look at all three of the Gospels that have the Olivet Discourse, the Synoptic Gospels, what do you have? When you see the fig tree, and all, uh, I think Luke's Gospel says all the trees, uh, mm -hmm. and then they talk about uh, each one of the Gospels, talks, Jesus talks about the leaves budding, Mm -hmm. And the fruit, he says, when you see all these things, and that's the key, is all these things. So what he just listed a whole bunch of different things. 14. 14. And, by the way, the abomination of desolation, which requires a temple to be built in Jerusalem, is part of it. So the nation of Israel, a temple there, those are part of it. So we aren't saying Israel isn't part of the whole package of understanding. In fact... Don, I would even go so far as to say, unless Israel was a nation, unless the Jews were gathered back to the land, all these other things could be happening 
but they wouldn't have a placeholder for any particular generation unless the Jews are back in the land. But again, it's all these things, including uh, the nation of Israel. Yeah, in uh, 1976, when I was just a young uh, kid, I got to hear Hal Lindsey uh, talk about this. In I was going to school in Phoenix, Arizona, and Hal became a real become a real good friend of mine at, over the years. But I uh, but I remember the first thing he said: none of this would make any sense unless Israel became a modern state. And they've always been a nation; they've been a nation in exile, but they became a modern state in 1948. He says, without Israel becoming the modern state, then none of these things would make sense. But once that happened, in fact, that's sign number three, the miracle of Israel's return in the last days. Uh, not only that they, they still exist, but they return to their promised land in the last days. This is the big sign. This is this is huge. Yeah. And so everything else kind of falls out from there. And it's amazing how we've seen, Tom, we are privilege and honor. And that's everybody is watching this and listening to be living in the time we're living. Because for the last 2,000 years, just like Jesus said to his disciples, many righteous people, kings, long to see the things we see, never saw them, long to hear the things we hear, never heard. We're seeing right now what people for the last 2,000 years that have paid attention to the Bible talked about what would take place in the future, but never saw it. We're seeing it firsthand. All we have to do is open our eyes. Amen. That's so exciting uh, to know that. And again, it's just a reminder to, to uh, again, in this whole context, Jesus said, when you see these things begin to take place, what do we do? Look up, lift up our head because our redemption draws near. Exciting days that we live in. Again, I'm going to ask you, if you have a challenge, just be educated and don't be mean about it. And, you know, sometimes I get some emails that are pretty rough, but uh, but I'm looking forward to reading what you have to say about Psalm 83 and Isaiah 17. And I am someone that believes I should always be learning and growing. Um, I don't know everything. Might come as a sur surprise to everybody. I'm not Jesus. I'm always learning. <laughs> and uh, listen, thank you everybody for joining us Wednesday night doing a prophecy update. Bob Probert's going to be bringing some old-time uh, uh, Hebrew worship. Uh, wow. I hope that you can join us uh, at the 412 Church in San Jacinto Wednesday, 7 p.m. on Israel night, and are going to connect the dots for you guys. And Don, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy Sunday and your busy life. Please tell Anytime. your wife I said it. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Oh, I forgot. We have a program every Friday on apologetics, how to defend your faith. Totally forgot. Make sure you check it out. It's free. So check it out. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.